This is Motivated with Liberty. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Liberty Bernal, and you are listening to Motivated with Liberty. If you've been following along with my social media and some other different community groups that I've been involved with, you know that a very focus topic lately has been on anxiety. And with an audience of primarily women, I think some of us start going crazy sometimes. We think it's our hormones or we think it's just our family. But many of you have reached out to me and follow quite closely when I do share information about anxiety. And I am thrilled to welcome today someone whose you know life focus lately has been on anxiety. And um, he has written a book and he has a podcast and he is actually known as the Anxiety MD. So I don't think that we could have a better um, human on the line. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce Dr. Russell Kennedy to the podcast. Welcome, Russ. Hi, Liberty. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just finishing off like COVID. I've had it for about three weeks oh. now. And it's just, it's, it, you know, the first week was kind of uncomfortable. It was never really terrible, but it just kind of Sorry. hangs on. So there's like some fatigue yep. and there's some just, just some hang on stuff, you know, like it doesn't really stop me from doing anything, but it, it does kind of just create this kind of fatigue thing that I didn't expect, you know, but it's, it's, you yeah. know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. Okay. Well, good, because I know it can vary for everyone. So yeah. I'm so sorry that you dealt with that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm happy that you're feeling well enough you know, to share information on this podcast because I follow you closely on social media. I, I listen to your book, which sometimes I read, sometimes I listen, but because you actually narrated it, I very much appreciate that. It was awesome to hear it all in your voice. Because what I found different about the information you put out about anxiety is, A, it's quite relatable because of your own journey with anxiety. I wouldn't call it a battle because yeah. I feel like you won. You won no, the battle. it was a battle. <laughs> it, it was a battle for sure. It is a battle. Yeah. And yeah, yeah you, you shared. You did. And your story is pretty intimate in regard to your dad being a big part of your story. So... Can you share just initially about, you know, your latest book release and what, you know, what your focus has been in regard to anxiety? Because I even now hesitate whenever I say the word, I want to say alarm, right? But we that's jumping ahead. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> so, that's great. That's great. That's yeah, what I so want to start us, changing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So tell us a little more. I, I just feel like I can't do your story justice um, because yeah. you're just, it's so unique. So yeah. Well, <laughs> so that's listen. Really- yeah, as we're only talking for like 20 minutes or so, I'm just going to give you the real sharp version. So I grew up with a Perfect. father with schizophrenia, right? So mm-hmm. the house would descend into chaos every six to 12 to 18 months because of his illness. He also had bipolar. So what mm-hmm. happened with me, and I'm going to shorten this up quite a bit so people would just get a real punch with this one. So yeah. so what happened with me is that I had all this trauma that as a child, you know, or 10 or 11, 12 year old, I didn't know how to deal with it. So I stuffed it down as children will do. They'll stuff yes. down their trauma, right? So they stuff it down into their unconscious mind. 
And as the body is a representation of the unconscious mind, it'll show up in your body. So we get this trauma that's stuffed down and showed up in our body that I call alarm that you just you just alluded to. So this mm-hmm. alarm is in our body and I help people find where their alarm is. For me, it's in my solar plexus. For a lot of people, it's in their heart area or their throat or their belly. So I find that because that is the real source of your anxiety. The, the anxious thoughts of the mind are just a byproduct of this old alarm, this old trauma, this old unresolved wounding that's still stuck in your body, that's still stuck in your unconscious mind, that is reflecting through your conscious mind with all these worries. And because we worry about something and then our body gets all flushed and, and upset about it, we assume that it's the worries that are the source of the anxiety. When it's actually this old unresolved wounding, typically from childhood, that's still in you, that's stuck in your body as alarm. So what I focus on is, first of all, finding that alarm in your body. You know, taking a trauma from your past and just sort of scanning your body and say, where do I feel that in my body? And then Mm -hmm. bringing that up to the surface and then sort of healing that connection with yourself, with your younger self, because that's the part of you that's still stuck in that in that old trauma loop. And then once we can actually deal with the alarm, once we can deal with the alarm in the body and sort of bring it up from the unconscious. And as Carl Jung said, you know, until you make the unconscious conscious it will rule your life and you'll call it fate. So you bring the unconscious alarm up to the surface. You start making a connection with it because I believe that that unconscious alarm is a manifestation of your younger self. When you connect Mm -hmm. with that younger version of yourself, you connect with that alarm, you bring it up to the surface, you start to show that younger self that they're not back in that horrible situation they were when they were 5, 10, 12, 13 years old, and you bring them into the present moment, then that alleviates the alarm and the alarm is the engine for the anxious thoughts. So the anxious thoughts just sort of slowly fade away because you're actually getting at the underlying root cause of anxiety, which is this alarm stored in your body, as opposed to just chasing your thoughts because your thoughts are never ending and you'll never fix anxiety by just trying to change thoughts. And that is the fastest fastest time I've ever, I've ever given to anybody is far as that thing so i hope your listeners are you know quick and they can kind of pick they are that up because that's that's oh, yeah. basically that's basically the short story of, that's of exactly what happens to us what a summary no that that's fantastic and i have to say as someone who has had anxiety starting from childhood on and from you know traumas in my past etc i've read books you know sort of desperately and seeked out you know i've gone to therapy i've done all the things right but yeah. until i listened to your book first I started following along I found you online and then your book came out and I was so excited I was on the wait list got it downloaded listened to it uh-huh. you know very quickly um something finally clicked for me and I've had resolve that I've never had before so first I want to say thank you for that because and that's huge right like I've been I felt you know riddled physically and emotionally by this anxiety that I couldn't put my finger on and Me that's too. probably a similar story that you've heard from many yep. people including yourself so I know what a gigantic difference it made for me, which is why I hadn't even completely finished your book and reached out to you. So it was like, oh, I have to have you share more, you know, because there are millions of people just like us who yeah. stu- keep it stuffed down. Or a lot of people blamed COVID and all of the changes COVID brought into our lives. And that's what I did. My anxiety really bubbled up yeah. And I, I blamed all the other things. And then once it came down to it, it was just the stuff from the past coming up and to deal with that and understand it in more depth and the way you describe it, just so down to earth, you know, in your book, um, it's, 
fabulous. Um, and yeah, that was a quick summary, but it makes sense. It's looking at anxiety in a different way. I think that's it. I and mean, I think that's understanding like that your anxiety is actually a sense of alarm that's stored in your body. And, and I'm, I'm a medical doctor and a neuroscientist. So sometimes I want to have a seizure when I talk about this because it's so mm-hmm. antithetical to the way that I was trained as a medical doctor, right. but in dealing with anxiety myself for 30, 30 years and, and going through all the psychiatry and psychologists and, you know, all the EMDRs and all the, all yep. the CBTs, ACTs, all that kind of stuff. They help, you know, they help, they do. but they don't, they don't actually heal the underlying root cause. So you no. can either cope with your anxiety by, you know, doing cognitive therapy. And I think cognitive therapy is great, but you need to at, you know, get into some kind of somatic body-based awareness where you find where that alarm is actually sitting in you and deal with the root cause of it. Because if you don't deal with the root cause of it, you're just going to be chasing your tail for the rest of your life, trying to fix it with just changing your thoughts. Cause that mm-hmm. doesn't work in the long term. It'll help you in the short term, but it won't actually heal it. So you learn how to cope, but you don't really learn how to heal. And that's why I wrote the book is to show people how to heal from anxiety rather than just cope with it. Yes. And, and there is a a major shift in your book that I've not read or seen anywhere else. And speaking of Mm -hmm. the book, we keep saying the book anxiety. Do you say anxiety RX or anxiety prescription? I say anxiety RX. Okay. I thought so, but I, I'm always looking at it like, okay. But the subtitle, you're right. The the subtitle is a doctor's prescription. So, so it's, it's, it's both actually, you know, there's a kind of a double meaning in there that I, that I put in there on purpose. So it, the fact that people ask about it, uh, creates a little more interest in it. And that's why I did it that way. Oh, good. Well, yeah. And I, I mean, I just think it's very clever. <laughs> it's very clever where you're going with that. Um, you know, what struck me, well, first of all, I know a lot of people, because I, like I said, I found you online first and through social media. And now I just think there is a lot more talk, so to speak, out there about anxiety and people opening up about, you know, mental, I don't know if you want to call them, it's yeah, mental okay. illness, mental difficulties, yeah. but and I love that the holistic psychologist is on the front yeah. because she yeah. has this following and it's like a starting point, I think, for a lot of people. Mm. And it's for some reason, she kind of like cracked open a door that no one really had before. And now I think you've taken it and just like white push that door wide open with the information in this book. It was just so in my, my perspective, it was just so right on. And I mean, I, there were so many aha moments, if it's okay about some of those and bring up a few topics that I pulled out was jotting down my notes. One thing that I had started researching a couple years ago was the vagus nerve. Um, And a lot of people still are like, huh, you know, when you talk about it, but you do bring up the vagus nerve in your book and its importance. So I know again, we're limited on time, but um, you know, talk about the vagus nerve a little bit more if you would and in in a simple way so that it's not like a freaky sounding thing for people (laughs) sure yeah i won't get too technical on you so so basically we have what's called the autonomic nervous system in our bodies we all have this and it comprises of two wings and people have heard like the sympathetic wing and the parasympathetic wing so the parasympathetic wing is kind of like rest and digest and the sympathetic wing is the sort of fight or flight right Mm -hmm. so the main nerve of the parasympathetic, the rest and digest wing is called the vagus nerve. It's the 10th cranial nerve. It runs from the the brainstem 
the bottom part of the brain, all the way down, all the way through the chest, all the way into the abdomen. And it controls like your gut motility, your heart rate, your blood pressure to some extent. Um, so it's a very, very important nerve in this sense of just this overall relaxation, you know, so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, after Thanksgiving, you have a big turkey meal and you're sort of sitting back and, you know, if you have a, a, a decent family relationship, you know, things, things are feeling pretty damn good at that point. So mm -hmm. your, your vagus nerve is kind of, you know, setting the tone for how your whole body feels. Now, the other side of that wing, the fight or flight, the sympathetic side. Uh, is what we're really activating in our society and specifically these days with the war in Kiev and, and, and the mm -hmm. Ukraine and, mm -hmm. and all kinds of it, it, we just get this sympathetic, this, this automatic fight or flight in us that we may not even be aware of. And by definition, when we turn on the sympathetic wing, the fight or flight wing, we turn off the parasympathetic wing. So we get kind of double whammied in a way. Our sympathetic mm -hmm. nervous system kicks up and then we shut off the very nerve that we need to calm us down. So it's yep. a matter of can you increase that that tone in the vagus nerve and things like humming, singing, even speaking to some extent, you know, the recurrent laryngeal nerve, the, the nerve that goes into your voice box there. That's why people that chant and, and, and they do OM and that's in yoga, you know, when we do that, we mm -hmm. calm down that vagus nerve, we activate the vagus nerve. Some people activate their ear, like their earlobe, you touch your ear, and you, you know, caress your ear, that will also activate the vagus nerve as well. So breathing, taking deep breaths will also activate the vagus nerve. So what we're trying to do is bring you out of this sympathetic slash fight or flight state and put you into this parasympathetic vagus kind of state that allows your body to relax. Because if your body is relaxed, your mind will think clear thoughts. If your body is in survival, your, your mind will not think clear thoughts. And you know what it will do is when you're in sympathetic survival, is your body and your mind will preferentially start looking for threat, even if that threat isn't in your present environment. So you will start, you know, looking at worries. You will start, if there's nothing in your environment that scares you, you will start going into your worries and mm -hmm. worry about your kids and your taxes and your relationship totally. and all this kind of stuff. So you'll find something. There's always something that we can focus on. So the vagus nerve is really like the main parasympathetic nerve of the body. And there is something called polyvagal theory, which is, you know, it's not that complex, but it's about how to activate more of that vagus nerve so that you bring yourself more into rest and digest rather than this automatic background fight or flight. And I think that's so critical because on one hand, it's so relatable to your medical background to talk about it. But I think it can sound intimidating to someone like, what? I need to research this nerve. But I think education's power and it can be simple here, you know, understanding that your anxiety, you know, seems to come out of nowhere. But really, there is a little control over it just to understand yeah. what you said in the last two minutes. Just understanding those basics can make a monumental difference for someone, at least to even feel in control. Like, I know if I do these things, I can calm myself. You know, I think that's part of the largest problem. Or at of... least get in the, at, le at least break the pattern. Yes, You know, because that's totally. the thing with the sympathetic system. Yeah, that's the thing about fight or flight. The more fight or flight you get into, the more likely you're going to get into more fight or flight. So yeah, one of the exactly. tenets of neuroscience is, is you know whatever you focus on you get more of so if you start focusing mm -hmm. on threat you'll see more threat you'll perceive more threat even even regardless of the amount of threat that's actually in your environment you will just actually perceive it more you will see it more when your body's in that sort of sympathetic fight or flight activation you're evol evolutionarily we're wired for that to start looking for threat so we start looking mm -hmm. around for threat and if we can't find threat we'll make it up 
Yep. <laughs> really yeah. good at and that, then, by the way. Yeah. And then because we made it up, yeah. it's our own story. It's our own painful story. Um, we can accelerate ourselves very, very quickly. So it's learning, you know, one of the things that I love in Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul, is he says mm-hmm. that you are not your thoughts. You are the one that observes your thoughts. So if we can get into a place where we observe our thoughts, where we see our thoughts with sort of a degree of separation, then we can start unhooking the automatic um, fight or flight reflex that goes into our system. Absolutely. That's huge. That's so huge. And that information coupled with, you know, some, some of my, my, you've be quickly becoming one of my favorite people and authors, just so you know. And there's (laughs) some other favorite people and authors that you quoted. And I kept like, I was so excited. You, you quoted Robin Sharma and Brene Brown and Marianne Williamson. Like, so I love that you've coupled in, you know, those folks are not, you know, medically focused people. But to say like there's part medical understanding that's important here, but there's also this whole other side of things. And you've even, you know, tried drugs that for me personally, I would be so scared to ever think about. But the fact that you were at this point in your life where you're like, I will try anything. And, you know, it took you to a place that maybe you even got a deeper understanding and now we can benefit from it. But I do love that about you and in the book that you, you know, you mix it all together to come up with this almost like recipe (laughs) to help, you know? So can you go into a little bit more about the maybe, I guess, call it non-medical side of your life and what brought you to this deep understanding and the knowledge that you have now and that you've shared? Yeah. I mean, I guess back in 2013, I was burned out of medicine. Like I was in this field where I knew I was giving people medications to cover their pain, uh, emotional and physical. And mm-hmm. I knew that their pain had a message for them. So in a way I started, mm-hmm. had this crisis of conscience, like, am I really helping people? Um, Cause I remember uh, one of the comics when I, when I did stand, I did stand up comic for stand up comedy for 15 years. And one of the comics I toured with, um, you know, he asked me if I would give him this acid blocker for his stomach because when he smoked, mm-hmm. he would get this indigestion, right? So, <laughs> so, so basically I said, well, Kevin, let me get this straight. You want me to give you a medication so you could keep smoking? Is that the idea? And he said, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's <laughs> kind of like that's a metaphor for kind of what we do in allopathic medicine. And I love medical yeah. doctors. I think we, we, there's a lot of medical doctors who do, who do amazing work. But here's the thing, right? Like it has a message for us a lot of the times. And I'm not against psych meds. I'm really not because sometimes... We need them. Sometimes we are so overwhelmed and we're so um, crushed by our old wounds and our stress that, yeah, we do need some medication to help us see it. But the problem is that what happens is when people take the medication and that immediate sort of rock bottom kind of feeling is gone, there's no real need to go back because nobody wants to go back and into their old traumas, into their old childhood wounding and heal that. Because, you know, mm-hmm. we, if you don't feel it, you know, it's like, well, I don't, I, I just want to ignore it. I don't want to really go back in into it. So it's a matter of being able to objectively see where the trauma is and kind of sometimes you need someone else. Like I'm a big, a big fan of somatic therapy. My wife is a somatic trauma therapist. So, you know, have, having someone help you go through that old trauma, finding in your body, helping to metabolize it, help it to bring it up to the surface so that you can it's not sort of running your life from behind the scenes anymore. And that's what I, I, in the book, I call it background alarm. 
So there's foreground yeah. alarm, which is kind of like the fight or flight, the sympathetic nervous system that we all have. You know, if a bus is kind of rushing on you and you're going to get hit by a bus, your sympathetic nervous system will light up and it'll activate you to move out of the way. But this background mm -hmm. alarm is these old traumas from our background that sit in our body that create this negative influence on our system, this sort of survival fight or flight influence. And that creates a tremendous amount of energy in us. And we can't really heal from that until we start bringing it up to the surface and start really metabolizing it because that's the real source of the anxiety. So it's really important that we find the alarm in our system, uh, put our hand over it, breathe into it, connect to it. And, and I realize this sounds kind of ethereal, but you know, I did traditional therapy, psychiatry, all that stuff for my own anxiety for 30 years. And until I took LSD and we're sort of getting back to that until I took some mm -hmm. of these, um, these chemicals, uh, I didn't really see that the anxiety was more to do with my body, old trauma that was stored in my body. I assumed at that point, up until I did LSD, that the anxiety was in my mind. And LSD, when it kind of fractured my brain out there, it showed me in no uncertain terms that that anxiety is really the state of alarm that's in my body. And until I dealt with the alarm in my body from the old trauma of growing up with a father who was severely mentally ill, I wasn't going to get better from anxiety. And I didn't. And then once I did, you know, bring it up, and that's what the book is about. It's about showing yep. you how to find, find your alarm, bring it up to the surface, heal it. And if you need some help, like go to traumahealing.org, go to, go to somatic experiencing, go to, go to another form of therapy. If you've been in therapy for, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years, and it's not really helping you that much, consider looking into somatic therapy like Hakomi, like somatic experiencing, and use that as well as the cognitive stuff. Because until I really dealt with the issue in the body, my mind didn't get a whole lot better. Right. Absolutely. And I do love that you've put, you know, the ABC, kind of that constant yeah. reminder throughout the book too, because it kind yeah. of can boil down to, especially once you practice it more and more, it can be that simple. Mm -hmm. um, and because I think a lot of people don't end up dealing with their anxiety because they, they get anxious about their anxiety, if that makes sense. Totally. Like it feels overwhelming, totally. don't know where to start, totally. that kind of thing. But you, you, I love that you simplify it a lot. Um, there's so, I feel like we could talk for hours. Oh, I'm looking at my list. I'm like, there's no time. But I want to make sure that everyone knows how to find you, how to find your book. So before I forget sure. that, I hope at some point in the not too distant future, I can invite you back on and we can deep dive more into yeah. some of this. <laughs> um, Absolutely. But yeah, I just, you know, this is scratching the surface, but I, I have a funny feeling anyone listening would say, oh my gosh, I need to start this book immediately and find him online. So where do you send people first? <laughs> online yeah, I mean, you? all my stuff is the anxiety MD, not the anxiety doctor, the anxiety MD. MD so if you, yeah. if you, yeah, if you look, if you Google the anxiety MD, I'm very easy to find. My YouTube is that, my Instagram is that. Instagram's probably the thing that I use the most these days. So mm -hmm. if you just go to at the anxiety MD, all kind of one word, um, that's a great way to find me as well. And then my website is the anxiety Like just look up the anxiety MD and I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. And the book is called anxiety RX. So if you go to Amazon and you type in anxiety RX or Dr. Russell Kennedy, you'll find the book as far as that kind of stuff goes too. And it's available on audible as well as print. Which is how I listened. Audible, mm -hmm. audible. So awesome. I mean, Russ, thank you so much. I You're mean, welcome, a huge thank you first and foremost just for 
being so brave to become, you know, I know everyone's using the word vulnerable so much, but you did like you got so vulnerable and you shared so much and you go into, you know, where you realized your anxiety affected past relationships and you hadn't dealt with it yet, which I totally get. Like I found, I know you have Cynthia now, I have Ryan now, like, and it all came out of finally hitting that place and being, Hey, it's with the right person, but see the work you did, um, you know, finally brought you to who you, you are, you know, it's your soulmate. And I think a lot of people listening are starting to think about things like that in their life as well. Like what have I done? to damage past relationships? How can I grow more in that way? And you do talk about that in the book, which I really appreciate as well. Yeah, Um, because you'll you'll attract people at the same level of emotional connection that you have. So if you have a lot of, you know, childhood trauma, it's very Mm -hmm. hard to attract an emotionally stable, grounded partner when you're not providing that yourself. So when you start looking after yourself and and emanating that energy, you're going to attract a partner that has that ability to kind of support you uh, in a, in a way that you probably haven't seen with previous partners. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, there's, it's everything you go into, you know, in the book, I can't wait for your next book. Okay. So I hope you're working on that. <laughs> no pressure. I am. Yeah. It's a shorter version. <laughs> the thing about anxiety RX is it's a lot, it's a long book and it's intense. Like the first two sections, awareness of, uh, of mind and awareness of body are pretty intense for people. Yeah. Like, you know, I yeah. take you back kind of into your old wounding, you know? Yeah. And then the last section is is very liberating and validating and it just shows you the way out. Oh yeah. And the the second to last chapter is so faith. good, by the way. Yeah, faith, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good. So everyone needs to listen or read quickly. Go get it. Go get the book, get anxiety rx, follow Russ, Dr. Russ, Dr. Kennedy. <laughs> Um, you know, you've been a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks, Liberty. And, and I'm happy to come back and do part two for sure. Yay. Okay, good. It's a deal. Well, then everyone listening, thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me for another episode of Motivated with Liberty. Until next time, have a great day. This has been another episode of Motivated with Liberty. For even more inspiration and motivation, join me on Instagram at Liberty Bernal Fitness.